Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Men in Blazers ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the app today. Join Prize Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app with more than 3 million members. You can win up to 25 times your money by picking more or less. Download the app today and use code MIB for a first deposit match of up to $100. During Dell TechFest, score game-changing innovations with limited-time deals on select next-gen Alienware gaming tech. New dimensions await with advanced gaming systems like the Alienware M18 laptop powered by an Intel Core i9 processor featuring awe-inspiring visuals, liquid cooling, three-dimensional audio with Dolby Atmos, and impressive overclocking potential. Your dream setup, amazing prices, and free shipping await you for a limited time only at Alienware.com deals. That's Alienware.com deals. You're listening to the Men in Blazers Media Network, Suboptimal Radio. That's always the hard thing in any business, is getting it built and you're big borrowing and pleading with people to help you out. And I think I used about every favor I had in the book to keep this thing afloat. It's Rog, back again from the liquor store in Tribeca. Never leaving this place, to be honest. Got everything I need to sustain life, booze, clothing. Just need the toothbrush and we moving in. But being here, means one thing and one thing only. You are listening to episode two of our special pod series with my mate, America's style darling, entrepreneur, my clothing guru. Yes, this is the Men in Blazers Toddcast with the one and only founder of Todd Snyder. That would be Mr. Todd Snyder. Raj, I can't live up to this. What, what? <laughs> this is amazing. I'm exhausted, Todd. I can give you no more. <laughs> but it's a joy to be here because your story is one about a true entrepreneur. We know where it ends up right here. But I want to go back to the beginning, to Ames, Iowa, where you were born. Can you take us to that place? 66,000 population, home, of course, to the Iowa State Cyclones. Hey. Well, Ames is a pretty humble place. It's a college town, which is nice, but also... You know, people are pretty unpretentious. And, you know, for me growing up in that environment, it was just really important to not only just kind of be who I am, but then also start expressing myself through the way I dress. All of us kind of go through that era when you're feeling unsure about yourself. And for me, it was a way to escape a little bit kind of reality and, and live a little much in a dream, feel a little bit better, stand up a little straighter. I wasn't a band member. I wasn't in any sort of rock and roll band. So for me, it was a great way just to getting the attention of others. What were the brands that were on Young Todd, Teen Todd? I graduated in 86 and it was Calvin Klein, it was Ralph Lauren. I remember Britannica was another one that everybody used to wear. Jordache was kind of a thing back then. Amazing. It kind of stuck with more of the American classics like Levi's, like the Calvin Klein. Growing up, did your father give you any style advice? Yeah, his line was dressed for the occasion. He just really, Grew up on a farm. I always liked that he was interested in other things than just, you know, farming. My dad was actually really good about giving great style advice. I remember the specific one of how to wear a sweater. And I still remember the trick he taught me of how to put a sweater on. And when you put a sweater on, it's really hard to get it over your sleeves. You know, if you have a shirt on and you're trying to like style it the perfect way, but he always taught me to pull from the underarm to get like that perfect balance of the wrinkles, you know, because whenever you put a sweater on, it always kind of bunches up in weird places. 
So he kind of was the one was showing me kind of manhandling the sweater to make it look like it was purposely worn. To New York. Can you talk about that decision to leap from the Midwest to New York and really be the quintessential gent in the big city? You know, I'd always felt like I was an outsider. I always felt like I was somebody that, why am I going after this career? Because everybody you know is either going to be an engineer or a doctor or a lawyer. I want to be a fashion designer was always not something most people said, especially in Iowa. I moved here to New York City in 92. And I still remember my dad telling me, if you want to be the best, work for the best. And in my mind, it was Ralph Lauren. So that was my first job. I remember literally knocking on their door and meeting the head of design and saying, I will do anything. I'll work for free. And she gave me a job. First time in New York City. And you know, I love clothes, but I couldn't afford to go and buy designer clothes. So I learned how to sew when I was, I was in college, worked in a tailor shop, and started making my own shirts here in New York City. And so I remember, I still chuckle about it because my wife would come home and I'd be there on a sewing machine with a beer and watching college football game. I remember she came in one time, she said, who is this person? Like, I've never seen this. And I just loved making things and I'd wear those in. And I, and I remember my big break at Ralph was, I actually wore one of my shirts and I was wearing a banded collar linen shirt. It had two big chest pockets, it was oversized and I was in a meeting that I didn't normally get to attend. And the head person was like, who makes your shirt? Didn't remember my name. Like, hey, you, who made yeah. the shirt? Yeah, hey, you. That's pretty much, it was, hey, you, who made your shirt? And I said, I did. And that was it. And from then on, I got invited to attend a lot of meetings and have an opinion, which is, in this industry, it's really hard to have an opinion. I mean, who says what's cool and who, what's not? We talked about what you learned at Ralph Lauren while you were there, and you said, I learned to embrace American history. Well, Ralph epitomizes the American designer, but also the American style. He really kind of established the polo, the chino, the denim. There's so many things that he really established and solidified as American style. And a lot of it's looking at vintage, looking at the past and really recreating this lifestyle. When you see how he thinks about his customer and he almost creates this movie and how it comes to life. He thinks about every character and he thinks about what car they're driving, where they're living, what the dog looks like to what the house looks like. He thinks about the whole thing. And he really was great at relooking at those classics. And that's where I kind of discovered vintage is where he gets a lot of his inspiration. As a designer, you always think you have to create from scratch, that you're just creating these new things. And his whole process was looking backwards to go forwards. And that really, for me, is something I adapted and took into my own craft. He almost makes you feel like he invented it. And polo was really kind of around because of tennis, because of Lacoste. And he really made it his own. I mean, he created this icon of the polo player. and. He made it desirable. He really took the ordinary and made it extraordinary. The Chino is a great example where the military, you know, created it more for utility, for GIs and servicemen, and he made it cool and classic. The same thing with the t-shirt. The t-shirt was actually for the Navy. There's so many pieces in a menswear style that came from the military, that were derived from the military. The desert boot is one that I love was for the British military when they were in the sand. I mean, who knew that the military was going to be this fashion house? To the Gap, where you work with Mickey Drexler, one of the icons of the business. And we were chatting about Mickey Drexler, and you summed him up. You said to me, that man is able to point to a direction that's not been traveled down. 
and nine times out of 10, he's right. Yeah, Mickey really taught me the business side of things and art of making money, but looking good at the same time. He is the master of that. Everybody calls him the merchant prince, and he truly is that. He's able to look at a wall of items that you're gonna pick for next season, and he's able to pinpoint which one is gonna be the best seller. I'll sit with him and he'll go through my catalog and he'll be able to say that's a number one item, and sure enough, he's right. He's a genius. I mean, he definitely has an IQ off the charts. He doesn't get enough credit for this, but his style is impeccable. That's what really differentiates him. He's not only good at seeing what's coming down the pike, he's great at surrounding himself with talent that will develop the next thing that's gonna come down the pike. And he really was able to build some of the best talent and surround himself with the best talent in the industry. You said to me, Ralph may have reinvented the Chino, but Mickey, he made it iconic at scale. Mickey at Gap was just incredible with the Chino. He really took it to a new level with the campaigns that he did. He did this whole revisit of who used to wear khaki, whether it was Hemingway, whether it was Miles Davis. Those things really resonated, I think, especially at the time. This was like the early 90s, and things were becoming less ostentatious and being a little bit more humble. He really kind of came in and set the foundation for the new trend. And the Chino work he did, he's like, why just khaki? He's like, 15 colors. I mean, that, it was just like, let us take this to the biggest scale possible and just sell it out. Yeah, I mean, Mickey is incredible at really capitalizing on a trend. And one of his tricks that he always does is color expansion. Because it really makes a presence in the store. As opposed to having one item on a rack, on a table, you have to go find it, good luck. He's like, let's hit him over the head with it. So J. Crew, you arrive there, Mickey then takes over. Working at J. Crew at the time Mickey was there was incredible because most people wanted to take J. Crew cheaper. He went higher. I mean, Mickey really kind of set himself apart from the competition. You know, Banana was probably the biggest competitor at the time, and he'd worked at the Gap. He was the CEO at the Gap, and which owned Banana, so he knew what their playbook was. So he wanted to do something slightly different, so he went high but still had things that were entry price points. So he had this high-low thing. He used to always call it good, better, best. You know, it's like BMW, having the three series, having a five series, and then having the sports car. So he always believed in having that balanced approach. He really set the tone for bringing in Laura Piana Cashmere, making things in Moon Fabric, which is this amazing British mill out of Leeds, and really creating stories built around the quality versus you know, some cheap thing that he made in a factory. He really wanted to tell a story about how we make things better. And I think that was the real magic that he brought to J. Crew. The biggest thing I learned from him was just the classics endure and having things that are in your wardrobe for five to 10 years. And for me, that really resonated with me. You don't have to reinvent the wheel to be relevant. And Men and Blazers, we like to believe more is more when it comes to football. Unless Everton are playing, in which case, oh, less is always more. But one thing you can do to enhance even the Everton watching experience is to visit the GFOPs at Prize Picks. They're America's number one fantasy sports app. Test your skills on Prize Picks this season. It's the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. If you've got the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. 
tappity taps, mostly just picking what categories you want Everton players to disappoint you in and smashing the less. thing I love about Price Picks is, is how simple it is to use. They're now offering Apple Pay for quick and easy deposits into your account this soccer season. No more ferreting around in your wallet for that security code on your credit card that the computer never saves. Download the app today. Use code MIB for a first deposit match of up to $100. That's promo code MIB. Price picks. Pick more. Pick less. It's that easy. Your last day of vacation and you found time for a deep tissue massage followed by a long mud bath then a two-hour nap. Because you're an American Express Platinum Guard member and booked your stay at a fine hotel and resort through Amex Travel, which means a 4 p.m. checkout. And those relaxing vacation vibes can keep going at the airport in the Centurion Lounge. Just a splash. Before you board the plane back to reality. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your travel experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. You left J. Crew in 2008 and it took you four years to move into your own menswear line. Can you talk about that move to go solo? Take us into that decision. I mean, it's mid-career. You must have had so many options. What was it that made you realize, I'm going to go my own way. I'm going to Fleetwood Mac it. <laughs> my first standalone men's store for J. Crew, this store actually, the store we're in here, the liquor store, we opened that up in 2008. And the liquor store is this awesome store that really kind of set the bar for menswear. It really established J. Crew as the menswear experts and the menswear destination. It's a great little store. It actually used to be a bar, it used to be a liquor store as well. That's why it's called the liquor store. And it's landmarked, so we actually have to keep the liquor store sign out front. And it had all the best things. It was a very edited, curated store that had everything from selvage jeans to the Ludlow suit was born there, to the selvage Oxford, to Thomas Mason dress shirts, Alden shoes to Clark's desert boots. We really tried to curate the best of everything so the guy could come and have a one-stop shop. That was my baby and I loved doing it, but it also gave me the confidence to go do it on my own. So shortly thereafter, I left. I'm fascinated by this moment. What was the void that you identified? I started seeing white space happening. You know, Ralph Lauren has always been the king of menswear and still is. But there was room happening because, you know, Calvin Klein wasn't as strong as it used to be. And then Donna Karen back in the day was super big, but there wasn't a lot of options for a guy. And I knew that I had an opportunity to go after it and to launch my own brand. So that was a big reason why I left. Were you afraid at all? Because I leapt into football full time around that same age and I had four kids. It all felt like leaping off a cliff. I mean, take us to that moment. <laughs> Did it feel for you when you were like, F- it, I'm going to open my own thing. Did it feel like leaping off a cliff? I resigned in 2008. And I resigned on a Friday and Lehman Brothers went belly up on Monday. You destroyed the economy. I destroyed <laughs> <laughs> But I was scared. I was really terrified. And I just remember, you know what? I turned 40. I knew I really wanted to do this. I better do it now or forever hold my peace. What part of his courage and what part of it is fear of regret? Ah, oh, that's a really good question. I would say at that point, it was probably equal parts. Because I knew I had to do this now, otherwise it would never do it. So I figured I was still young enough. Courage is always a big thing. I also think being naive slightly helps <laughs> of not knowing of what you're getting yourself into. 
you know, for me, I lost millions of dollars in starting my own brand. And there's really no shortcut to it. There's really no, oh, you get discovered. We used to always think every season that, you know, we Bergdorf's picked it up the first season. We're like, well, we made it. We're at Bergdorf's. And then Barney's picked it up. We thought, oh, we made it. We're at Barney's. Nope. Oh, now we're at Nordstrom. Now we're going to make the money. Nope. It was really hard to make a profit. And I realized early on that I really needed to focus in on direct-to-consumer and really focus in on my e-commerce sales. Those was really what allowed me to be successful because we got the most profit, obviously. But it also became a lot easier to control the customer experience. And seeing your brand in a store is exciting, but then when you see it amongst 10 other brands, it's really hard to stand out. I mean, startup is a startup, really. You're doing everything at the outset. Yeah, I mean, starting your own business, whether it's fashion design or construction, or whatever, you have to do everything yourself. You know, everything from answering the phone to setting up the internet to, you know, programming the computers, creating kind of the process. And I was hustling. I mean, I remember the first three or four years, I probably had four jobs. I was consulting for Old Navy. I was consulting for The Gap. I was consulting for Urban. I was, you know, doing anything to keep the business afloat. For me, all the money I would make, I'd put back into the business until I could get to the next phase. That's always the hard thing in any business is getting it built and you're big borrowing and pleading with people to help you out. And I think I used about every favor I had in the book to keep this thing afloat. Especially during lockdown, when you've really pivoted into the digital product, you found this audience. Who are they and what are they looking for? Can you tell us about ourselves? <laughs> It's really important to know who your audience is. And since the get-go, I've always kind of had an idea who the customer is. And But once we started selling direct-to-consumer, as we call it, or e-commerce, we really started to get to know who our guys were, you know, where they lived. A lot of them lived here in New York City. Today, it's all over the country, which is the biggest kind of advantage I have being in the business. Being from Iowa, living here in New York, I really understand the spectrum really well of what is fashion for, but also what is the average guy looking for? And it's always that delicate balance between the two of figuring out what works for our guy. You know, it's really providing great basics for the guy that he can wear in all of his different outfits, that he can digest and understand, like, this is me. It's not going to define who they are, but it's also something that I'm going to look good in this. And it really kind of boils down to a lot of different things, whether it's a, a great jean, whether it's a great chino, or the right fitting suit. I really try to present all of those great classic items for the guy that he's gonna have in his wardrobe for over 10 years. It's really my intent to be that foundation of a man's wardrobe that really helps us you know, do well because the guy understands that he doesn't feel alienated, he doesn't feel like this isn't me. And it's a very approachable, and I wanted this brand to be a very approachable brand for the masses. It's Rog here to tell you about a product that I simply adore. It's been a long-time staple in the Bennett refrigerator, Stoke Cold Brew Coffee. Always bold, always smooth. Yes, that is the very same Stoke as in the mighty Wrexham Fortress, known as the Stoke Kairas or the Stoke Racecourse, Wrexham AFC's home. They support it. They support football, which is just one great reason to love this coffee. It is my go-to enjoy during the football calendar, essentially 
the opposite of Everton. And you can check out their full lineup of 48 ounce cold brew products, something for everybody from light to dark roast to seasonal favourites in a refrigerated multi serve format. I tell you this, as someone whose blood type is now officially Stoke Espresso Blend, have the coffee house experience in the comfort of your own home and do it now. Stoke Cold Brew Coffee. And be sure to follow Wrexham AFC. Big love to all at Stoke. Courage. If you travel, you know when it comes to love. See you soon. Can't wait. The sky is no limit. You know with your Delta Amex card, being oceans apart means meeting in Aruba. And booking a war travel with your card means saving 15% on Delta flights. You know kissing under the bridge of sighs guarantees eternal love. Because you're the long-distance lovebirds. It's why you're a Delta SkyMiles Platinum American Express card member. If you travel, you know. Takeoff 15, discount not applicable to partner-operated flights or taxes and fees. Terms apply. Visit go.amex slash you know. Where is your head at now? Are you, like, designing summer 2024? Fall, winter 23. So we're just starting that process and looking into what it's going to be. So What does our future look like? Still American-based. It's still got a little bohemian twist to it. So it's got a little bit more of a free spirit vibe to it. I think it's always important to, I start all my collections in American. This year we did this whole thing in the summer. It was all about Montauk and the lifestyle of Montauk, you know, running on the beach or, you know, living on the beach and what are you wearing? So a lot of linen, a lot of easy wearing colors, a lot of neutrals. For this fall, you'll be seeing a lot more rustic elements, a little more hippie kind of, a little bit of rock and roll mixed in with it as well. So I always try to take the things, whether it's classic American, military, vintage, Western, and kind of putting them all in a blender and figuring out how they come out. It's important, I think, for not only a brand, but for people in general is wear what you feel comfortable in. Like, don't do something that's going to make you feel like you stand out like a sore thumb. You want to feel like confident in what you're wearing. And it's important to have a style. And I always look towards you know, the, all the old American Hollywood actors, whether it's Paul Newman, Cary Grant, James Dean, Steve McQueen is one of my favorites. And, you know, what I love about them is they just had classic style. They didn't have stylists back then. Like now today, if you look at Hollywood, they all have a stylist that they work with that basically dresses them how they dress. Back then, they didn't have that. Steve McQueen was pretty much, you know, in charge of Steve McQueen. He's kind of a rebel. But he always was able to clean up really well. And for me, I've always loved looking at people like that. And you know, Paul Newman's another one. Whether he's wearing jeans or he's wearing a suit, he always looks top-notch. And I always think about those as almost who my customers are and how would I dress them, whether they're going to a Hollywood premiere or whether they're going to the beach or whether they're going to the weekend trip. There's always a persona on how they look. And it's always important to look their best. Todd Snyder, you're a beautiful human being. Viva la evolution. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to Men in Blazers ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at wondery.com slash survey. 
Yo, Trey. Yeah, Kevin, what's up, man? I was just thinking, what would have happened if Drew Brees didn't fail his physical with the Dolphins and ended up playing under Nick Saban in Miami? There's a good shot the Finns establish a dynasty. Tom Brady and Bill Belichick probably don't become goats, and Tuscaloosa doesn't become the center of the college football universe. That's a butterfly effect for real. Hey, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier. We're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler. Sorry, Marshawn, still too soon. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus.